And welcome back to episode 11 of Bias Opinion. Today, Seamus and I, uh, later in the podcast, will be joined by Triple Play podcast contributor Grayson Sabias to talk about the first half of the MLB season. But now we'll start uh, with the MLB London series between the Red Sox and Yankees to help us analyze this upcoming series and the first half of the season for the Red Sox and the Yankees is our special guest, Owen Kelly. Joining the podcast today, Owen, how are you today? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you, boys? Uh, we're doing, doing, we're doing great. Doing good. So, Owen, what do you think uh, the main storyline is going into this series? Obviously, the Yankees, as we speak, have an eight-game lead over the Red Sox in the division. Uh, what do you think is the main thing that we should be looking forward to in this series? They're on a tear, and they're not even half healthy. It's crazy. They're hitting dingers left and right. 29 games of the home run. They hit a home run today as the games are going on. Um it's going to be crazy if the Red Sox can somehow manage to pull out. Even a split would be manageable considering they're giving up two home games for this. Yeah, this season uh, Yankee, there's been five games played between the Yankees and the Red Sox. Uh, the Yankees uh, are 4-1 and one versus the Red Sox this season, all played in New York. And it, they haven't really been that close to games, I feel like. I think the Yankees pretty much deserved every single one of their wins. And the Red Sox one win was to avoid a sweep. So I think the Yankees have to be feeling confident going into this series. What do you think, Seamus? Um, yeah, the Yankees, from what I've seen, are the best team in the league. Um, easily. I mean, from what I've seen, I know yeah. this, I don't care about the standings. You had 20, 29 games straight with a home run. Absolute domination. Um, and that was without, I think Stanton was hurt for a while. Still is. St- still is. Judge was out for two months. And uh, like you said, half their team was out and they still dominated. Yeah. So that's why that's my opinion. Yankees are nasty. If I'm the Red Sox, I'm worried. Haven't seen a lot from the Red Sox this season. I mean, they've been they've been good lately, but and it's tough because like they've actually there's what seven and three in their last ten, and they've two game winning streak. Like they're they're picking it up from where they started. Like they start out what like two and eleven something uh, really bad. Two and eight. Two and, and eight. six and thirteen. And they're back to at least within a fighting chance. So they're playing well, but their bullpen is just brutal right now yeah getting getting into the bullpen the Red Sox are tied third most saves in the MLB that number could get worse if they lose this game to the White Sox Blown as we saves. speak yeah tied, well uh add one more most. to that list because Matt Barnes just gave up a two run homer to Jose Abreu yeah. to give up the lead in the top of the ninth so. and in save percentage they're 29th in the league at 52 percent save percentage is not great surprisingly the bullpen ERA is eighth in the league which that's, isn't terrible that's misleading though I mean, inherited runners don't really account for that as like obviously if you give up an inherited runner it's not as bad so mo- i feel like home runs are more the reason for the high eras so what do you think about the closer situation obviously the red sox have tried a closer by committee so pretty much anybody takes the ball and closes yeah depending think, on the situation what do you think about the closer by committee you think it can sustain himself over the course of the season i don't think it can but i also feel like they tried their hand at giving it to Barnes, and obviously that hasn't worked out. And it makes you think, Kimbrell, what was it, three years, 45 with the Cubs? Yeah. That was not what he was asking for with us. So the reason we, we didn't sign him is because we didn't want to give him that five-year, $100 million deal. We didn't have to. Kimbrell's, we could have had him. Kimbrell's clearly – I mean, the Red Sox could clearly use Kimbrell right now. Yeah, and exactly. The, the ironic thing is – Regardless of what you want to say. All last year, everyone on the radio, everyone, all the callers on 98.5, all the Red Sox fans, everyone who likes the Red Sox always complain about Kimbrell. Every time Kimbrell's out there, get nervous. Kimbrell's going to blow yeah. it. Kimbrell's going to screw us up again. And now you lose Kimbrell, and now you're eight games back from and, the Yankees. And those same people probably want him back more than ever. Yeah, exactly. It's, I mean, come on. I think the Red Sox didn't want to go into the luxury tax. 
That was probably the reason why they didn't want to sign him. But like, look at the Yankees. That's, Do pretty, you think, that's pretty weak. You know, like the Yankees, obviously they haven't won since 2009, and we've won a handful of times. But like, the luxury tax, the Yankees and the Red Sox, those are the two teams that should be the least concerned about yeah. the luxury tax. Especially when your your team owner owns one of the biggest soccer teams <laughs> in the world. Exactly. Liverpool. Until, like, the, I don't think that guy's hurting for money. You can afford the luxury tax. Come Maybe on. you could argue that he's only getting tough with the luxury tax because they've won so much and maybe they don't feel the pressure to win again. Give, they don't feel the pressure to do whatever it takes to sign guys anymore. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess. It's a good call. So if we uh, get into the pitching matchup for the first game, as it stands right now, the game will be played 1 o'clock at Fox. Uh, the pitching matchup is Masahiro Tanaka versus Rick Porcello. Owen, uh, who do you give the edge to in this pitching matchup? As shaky as Porcello has been, I love the matchup with the Red Sox against Hap. This this is Tanaka, first game we're talking about. Oh, all right. Well, we're going to have to pause that one and start that one we'll over. We're going to cut two. that we'll one out. We'll get into game two We're going to cut that minutes. one out. Uh, Tanaka, I mean, everybody could use a pitcher like Tanaka. I know everybody wants to hate on him, throws too slow, throws a just a fastball splitter. But, I mean, he's been deadly. Three, what, three, like one, two ERA on the year. I mean, I, I do think it... If we're going to get a split, that's going to be the game that we lose. I mean, but all it takes, maybe, I don't know the dimensions of the park, but if it's a short fence, all it takes is one hanging splitter for Mookie to get a hold of, and who knows, new ball game. Yeah, I love Tanaka as well. He's been really consistent over the course of his career. He's only His numbers don't jump off the page, but he can really pitch. Uh, the number that stuck out to me was 211 batting average versus righties. Better against righties than lefties, obviously. And he struggles more times throughout the order, more than you would think of a pitcher of his quality. Uh, Porcello is kind of the opposite. He gets off to slower starts and then kind of settles into the game. He's 0-1 against the Yankees this season. He went 4-2-thirds, 5 earned. Uh, but he did pitch well. They're both pitchers pitched well in the playoffs against each other in uh, the 2018 ALDS. I really agree with that point about Porcello because it seems like every time he pitches, you just want him to get through the first three <laughs> innings and he'll have a eight-inning, one-hit one run performance if he can just get through the first two or three innings because he he gives up a lot in the beginning of the games. All right, and obviously Owen, you're excited to get to uh, Sunday's game at 10 a.m. Oh. Eastern on ESPN. Uh, J. A. Happ versus Eduardo Rodriguez. Owen, uh, I think you've given the pitching matchup advantage in this game to Eduardo Rodriguez. I I do, and I think this could be a big turnaround start for him. Um, Erod's always been. The guy who has potential, who has potential. He can do this. He can be our ace, but he never has. We've given him so many chances. And against the Yankees, it's a tough... In London, it's going to be all eyes on him. If he can come out and balls to the wall, deliver a gem, I mean, that that would be killer. Yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not a huge fan of Hap. I think in the MLB, velocity is at a premium more than ever. And he just doesn't really bring it. And I just... He's 7-4, and four, but his... Stats aren't great. Only 84 innings pitched in 16 games. Only 66 strikeouts in those 84 innings. His ERA is 5.23. So I don't I don't think come playoff time, Jay Happ is going to be what the Yankees are going to be needing. Yes, especially because in the playoffs, it's all about quick starts. Like you, you saw in the ALDS against the Red Sox, Jay Martinez had a home run first inning right off the bat. And obviously, I mean, who can forget the Mookie Grand Slam off the 13 pitch at bat? The Red Sox have this guy's number. Anybody who says anything otherwise is crazy. Well, there is a notion out there that Jay Happ pitches well against the Red Sox. He beat us once uh, this season, but you're not you're not buying into the Jay Happ versus Red Sox theory. No, all of our big bats are righties. J.D. Mookie Xander. 
Even Chavis now. All right, is they're gonna feast on this guy. Uh, Sheamus, um, big, I guess, addition to the Red Sox lineup this year has been Michael Chavis coming up from the minors. Uh, 38 RBIs, 12 homers. What have you seen in Michael Chavis' play this year? Uh, I like Chavis a lot. Uh, highlight of the season so far for me, watching him hit a home run from his knee. That was pretty nasty. <laughs> I like Chavis a lot. He's a human highlight reel. Uh, this kid's a stud. Might have, may or may not have done steroids in the minors, but... That was, I don't know what exactly it was, but he did get suspended for the PEDs. <laughs> that, that's in the past now. This kid's a stud. He believes in God. That's Huge pickup. Oh, speak of the devil. Oh, it's a pop-up. Uh, Lazy pop-up. Sorry to get your hopes up. I jinxed him, but still a stud. Nobody really cares about. That would have been doubt. How funny would that have been if Jesus just hit a home run as we were talking about him to win the game? And then if we look at the Yankees lineup, uh, a player that sticks out to you, Seamus, I think is uh, Luke Voigt. Um, he's got 17 homers, 48 RBIs this season, on base percentage of 385. But there's something about Luke Voigt that you're just not a fan of. No, that guy, that guy walks around like he's the second coming of Babe Ruth when he's a role player for the Yankees. I mean, he's, he's solid this season. He's gone better. He's improved. I can't stand that guy. Every single time they put the camera on him, he's just, he just he just he thinks he's Babe Ruth, and I just and he, and he struggled 90 times this year. Just bad, bad baseball. That's just the way baseball is going now. Three outcome hitters, strikeout, homer, a walk. I mean, where did he where did he get traded from? The Cardinals, I think it was. Yeah, for like, a bag of balls. Pretty yeah, good for so the Cardinals. it's a good trade. Good for the it's a good trade for the Yankees. I mean, he didn't pan out last year for the playoff push that he wanted, but I mean, he's, he's certainly coming around now. Yeah, and you, the Yankees they've had a lot of injuries this year, but they've all, the depth has shown. You see DJ LeMay, who's had a breakout year for them. He's the leading average guy in the MLB. Yeah, 333, 52 RBIs, 45 strikeouts. It's half of Luke Voigt's uh, total. <laughs> so that was a great pickup for the Yankees. Oh. And also, Glaber Torres, 19 home runs. I know like 17 and a half of those were against the Orioles, but still 19 home runs is 19 home runs. And not, he's, he's had a great season as well. And not to mention they just traded for the guy who also has the most home runs. In the MLB, Edwin Encarnacion. It's crazy what kind of lineup they're going to have when Judge and Stanton come back and Didi comes back and they have Glaber playing second instead of short. And it also looks like Gary Sanchez has his head screwed on his shoulders. He's 23 homers, only 66 strikeouts for him, which isn't terrible in 59 games he's played. 268 batting average. I mean, I'll take 23 homers and 268 batting average any day from from a catcher. So he's he's had a great season. Also... The Red Sox catcher, Christian Vasquez, has also had a great season. 291 batting average. Only 28 RBIs, but he seems to have high leverage moments this oh, season. Oh, totally. I mean, he's completely flipped his game around. I mean, the whole narrative with him is a defensive wizard but can't hit. But, like, there have been moments in the past, however many years he's been playing, where he can just slap a ball to the right field and he, like, he knows how to hit. But, like, he can never get that average up. He can never get those home runs. But now he's finally putting everything together at the plate. It makes you, like... Completely, like, I have completely forgot about getting rid of Blake Swihart. San Leo, not even a thing anymore. But, like, you don't even think about it just because Vasquez is hitting lights out. And uh, also, Red Sox, I wouldn't say it was a breakout season. Many would probably expect it from him. But what do you, oh. what do you think about the uh, play of Rafael Devers this season? He's been unbelievable. The step up that this kid has made. I mean, the narrative with him, oh, Sorry, hold on real quick. I think we have an argument going on in the game. 
We'll get to the argument later. What do you think about the play, Rafael uh, Devers? Devers has been unbelievable. The steps that this kid has made. He went from being a defensive liability to not even being a factor anymore. People don't even care that he makes errors. He just hit, he just rakes. That's all he does is rake. And then uh, Sheamus, getting back to the whole uh, reason we're on the podcast, is MLB playing in London. What do you think uh, playing London does for the MLB marketing? And it seems like both teams are willing to and are looking forward to this moment. Um... I don't know. Seems kind of gimmicky to me. I don't really get. I don't really see what they're gonna get out of playing in London. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe someone like me, casual fan, will be more inclined to watch the game because it's a bigger deal in London. But at the same time, I don't know if anyone in London watches or cares about baseball. But I said, I mean, people say the same thing about football, and they always sell those games out. Well, that's what I was gonna get at. Is there is no American football in London unless there's something that I'm mistaken of. But they got cricket in London and England. Like cricket's huge there. Like the people in London are. My knee-jerk reaction is that they're going to scoff at baseball. They're going to ridicule it. They're going to mock it. That's that's just the thing I thought. It was like, I don't know why you'd want to go to London of all yeah, places. I don't, yeah, it just seems kind of random. But, I mean, like I said in some past episodes, the MLB ratings are going down. Attendance numbers are going down. Um, it's obviously a huge problem. People are worried that the league might be on the downfall. So, I guess they're doing everything they can to try to uh, build the brand. And... Improve the league economically. London is one of the biggest markets in Europe, though. One of the biggest markets in the world. So I mean, it's just yeah. tough if that Throw market doesn't care about baseball. I mean, I mean, the baseballs play games in Japan and China before, haven't they? But Japan is a baseball. Japan, right, I, mean, I know. I so now China, you have to like, grow the game into yeah, a spot yeah, where there's yeah, right. not many It's going to be tough for them to, to get... We'll see how it goes, but it's a good effort to grow the game. Like, like Get your foot in the door, I guess, is the hardest part. I mean, I guess once people realize how great the game of baseball is, then maybe they'll open up to it. And back to uh, Owen's disappointment. The Red Sox have now just lost to the Chicago White Sox, 8-7. to seven, That's awful. After a, having a lead in the top of the ninth, too. Another blown save for uh, the Red Sox as Matt Barnes gave up a two-run homer. So now it looks like the New York Yankees will be going in. Oh, the Yankees oh, are the now Yankees tied. the Yankees lost to the... Wait, they tied? They're tied 7-7, seven, seven, top of the ninth. So it'll either be an 8 or 9 game lead going into the London series. So with that, make a couple of predictions... Owen, what do you see uh, with these two games on Saturday and Sunday? I do think it's going to be a split. I think we win on Sunday, but we lose that first one with uh, with Tanaka. I mean, I could be wrong. Hopefully, I mean, a sweep here would be absolute gold, but just cannot get swept. You cannot lose both these games to the Yankees. A 10 or 11 game deficit would be awfully tough this, I mean, not this late in the year because we're halfway through, but that's awfully tough. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the split as well. I just think it's a long way to travel to get swept. Yeah, it's it's a you far way to go get to get swept. swept. If either team is gonna get a sweep, I would think the Yankees are more likely to sweep than the Red Sox are. Um, that's yeah, that's what I think about it. I don't think the Red Sox will lose the second game if they lose the first game. So, what do you think, uh, Sheamus, on um, these two games? Hate to say it, but I'm not too high on the Red Sox right now. Yankees had their number all season. I'm going Yankees sweep. That's my prediction. Hate to say it, but that's Yankees sweep. That's my prediction. Yeah. I mean, this Yankees lineup is is almost a spitting image of the 2018 Red Sox. Exactly. That's... Which is what they're gonna have, and the issue is their pitching. I mean, if their pitching can hold up late into the season when the playoffs come around, then they're gonna be awfully tough to handle. All right, and with that, uh, Owen, well, thank you for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for having me, boys. And in our next segment, I'll be back with uh, a member from the Triple Play Podcast. All right, and welcome back to uh, this MLB special episode of Biased Opinion. 
We're here joined by our special guest, uh, Grayson from the Triple Play podcast. Uh, Grayson, how are you doing today? Good, man. Thanks for having me on. All right. So we'll start with the uh, Red Sox. Obviously, they're about to head to London to play the Yankees in a two-game series. What have you uh, seen from the Red Sox this season? Uh, You know, they're playing better as of late. Um, They've they've kind of turned the corner on what was obviously a, a horrible start. Uh, Chris Sale's obviously pitching better. They still find ways to lose game when games when he pitches well, though. Um, you know, Rick Porcello's kind of been what you expect out of Rick Porcello. Uh, Rodriguez has been all right back into the bullpen or back into the rotation, excuse me. Uh, and then their offense has kind of gotten a little bit better. J.D. Martinez is kind of starting to find his groove. Um, I don't know, as a whole, they're getting better, right? They, they look like a better team than they did even two weeks ago. Uh, yeah. They yeah. Sorry. Oh, uh, yeah. In spring training, the pitchers really didn't pitch that well or they didn't pitch that much. So then they kind of started the season a little cold, and they used April to kind of get warmed up, and that's where the, like, the slow start came from. Also, I've noticed that the Red Sox, after today's loss, are 20 and 20 at home, where last season they went 57 and 24 at home. So they have four less losses at home in all of this season as they did in the entirety of last season with the whole second half to go. So they can probably improve on their home record as well. Yeah, I mean, part of that's just because as a whole, they're not playing well, right? Also, you're playing in Boston where if you hit anything towards, you know, left field and you get it up in the air, it, it's it's going over the monster. And it, that's not good for pitchers that have been pitching, right? Yeah. Uh, so they were at a huge disadvantage there. And then obviously – you know, everyone's been saying, okay, they have the World Series hangover or whatever. I don't care. The truth is they were just not pitching well and they were allowing too many home runs, in particular to left field. So, you know, when you're playing a, a ballpark like Boston or, uh, I mean, any pitchers, not pitchers park, any hitters park, um, and I wouldn't consider Boston a hitters park, but I do consider left field and, you know, right field corner very attractive to hitters um it's it puts you at a at a disadvantage as a red sox pitcher and i think that's why their home record is what it is i bet and i don't know this number off the top of my head but if i had to guess i'm going to guess that in the past two weeks it's not that bad right yeah so a lot locally has been made of the bullpen and alex cord deciding to go with the closer by committee strategy the Red Sox, we brought it up earlier in the podcast, they're, they have like the second worst blown saves in the league, save percentage around 50%. What have you seen but, but for the, from the Red Sox bullpen? What do you think about the closer by committee strategy? And do you think it can work over the course of the season? And if the Red Sox get into the playoffs, how do you think that would work? The bullpen by committee is, is a very uh, – I'm not, I'm not a huge fan on it, okay? Um it can work. You got to have the right people to make it work. Um, and and obviously they don't. They just brought Wright back. Right, he's he's coming back off of his suspension. Uh, Barnes was you know kind of the guy at the back of the bullpen they were counting on, and that hasn't worked out. Um, Workman has been, eh. you know, their, their bullpen as a whole isn't very good. If they want to be competitive, they're going to have to do something with it. Because uh, Chris Sale and and you know David Price and and Porcello can only go so long, uh, so deep into games. They, they can't do everything. Um, you know, 
I in particularly remember the game that Chris Sale pitched versus the Rangers. Um, and, you know, he pitched a fantastic game. He looked good. His stuff was sharp. Uh, this was probably, I don't know, two weeks ago or whatever. Um, and Barnes came in the game at the end of the game, and, and he blew it. And there was no surprise there to me. You know, the Rangers have a pretty good offense as a whole. Um, you know, Chris Sale pitched his heart out, and he, and he pitched it pitched really, really well. They have to find an alternative solution to make the bullpen work um, if they want to be competitive. Yeah, ironically, I was actually at that game. Sale had like a no-hitter through like three innings, and he gave up like two runs in seven or something like that, or one run in seven. It was a really good outing. Yeah, it was a good outing. All right, moving on to the Yankees. Obviously, they've been in the news for their home run record. Again, homering today in a 29th straight game. Uh, they're 10-1 or 11-1 over their last 11 or 12 games. Won six games in a row three times this season. Just a really consistent, solid level of play. What have you seen from the Yankees this season despite all their injuries? Uh, I know Red Sox fans aren't going to want to hear this, but they're the best team in the AL East. Um, they're just too stinking good. They're going to add a starter in the – you know, before the deadline, um, you know, whether that's Stroman or, or Bumgarner or whoever, they're going to add somebody. And I can't imagine them not winning pretty easily, to tell you the truth. Um, the Rays are, you know, kind of falling apart. Um, but as a whole, the Yankees have such a good lineup up and down. They've got so many good pieces in the minor leagues. You know, they, they sent Frazier down and, and – you know, Gian, Giancarlo Stanton got hurt again today, and he's back on the I.L. And they called up Tochman again, and Tochman's, you know, he's been a a solid role player for them, you know, as a guy that should be playing second-level outfield position in AAA. He, he's done well. And then, you know, Gio Urshula's played well. I mean, as a whole, they're these guys that have come out of nowhere played well. And – the Yankees are just the best team. I mean, they're the best team out there. Um, CC has had a career year. He's been, you know, racking up milestones left and right. Um, the biggest problem with me for the Yankees is I think Aaron Boone is still kind of learning how to work his uh, not only starter situation that they've been having to do recently by throwing Chad Green out there as a starter, but also um, working with, his rotation he, he's he's a rookie manager he's learning and and the Yankees still have a long way to go in order to figure it out but they're talent wise I think they're the best team yeah I would agree with that I liked uh, how you brought up that they need another pitcher I don't I don't think you can really count on Jay Happ and CC Sabathia to get you through the playoffs I like Tanaka I think Severino should be back by then um so I think and Paxton's been up and down this year he's signed for big uh big free agent contract in the offseason so I think for the Yankees to contend and win it all they they would need a pitcher like Stroman or uh, Bumgarner that you brought up. How big do you think uh, this series is in London? Obviously, it's to grow the game, but in terms of the ALE standings, Yankees have like a nine-game lead now. How big do you think the series is for both teams? I don't think it means much, to say the truth. Um, they can go to London and make it a big show, make it fun. Um, that's what it's all about. At the end of the day, this series, it's, it's, it's not going to mean much. Uh, it's two games, you know, it's – I don't know. I don't think it means anything. The Red Sox, Red Sox aren't going to be competing for the division. Um, the Rays have to turn around quick if they would be competing for the division because um, they're kind of falling apart. They've they've been looking terrible. 
Um, and I'm a Rays fan. Like I like the way the Rays play Rays style of baseball. Just they've been losing a lot of games as a whole. I don't think this series means much to answer your question. All right. And now if we uh, move it on to a couple other teams uh, this season and summarize their first half, I think a surprise team for many has been uh, the Minnesota twins, 51 and 27 on the year. Their batting stats this season are incredible. They're uh, second in the league in hits, first in runs, first in home runs, first in batting average. They have eight players, or 11 players, sorry, with eight home runs or more. What do you think about the Twins, and do you think they can keep the success going throughout the rest of the regular season into the postseason? Absolutely. Um, the Twins are a very unique team. Um, I knew they were going to – I picked them to win the division. I, didn't, I, can't, I shouldn't say I knew, but I picked them to win the division, and I thought it was going to be a pretty good – uh, race between them and the Indians, obviously. Um, they've had some good surprises. Now, the Indians – I mean, not the Indians, I'm sorry, the Twins, if you go read up on kind of how they brought in some of their players that they signed on, uh, you know, free agent deals, they looked at one stat in particular, and it was the clutch stat, right? Marwin Gonzalez has not looked very good this year as a whole. If you just go and look at his stats, you're not going to be impressed. His batting average is low. His RBIs are pretty mediocre. I mean, his, his OPS is eh, not very good either. But his clutch stat, you know, if you put him up to bat with they, when they have runners in scoring position, he finds a way to get hit, get a hit, or he finds a way to you know hit a sack fly or whatever. Marwin Gonzalez, in particular, has that good stat going for him. Um, and then you know, Martin Perez has been a solid back end of the rotation piece that they were able to add. Uh, you know, they've they've got. Barrios, the start of the, the front of the rotation, that's been fantastic. As a whole, they've played really well, and they've had a lot of pe- people show up. Byron Buxton looks like a completely different player than he did last year. Um, the Twins are fun, man, and, yeah, they can absolutely carry that all the way through the playoffs. They could easily, you know, make the World Series. I, I truly believe that. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen a bunch of the Twins this season. I've always seen highlights. The main part of the Twins that I watched was actually the series I had against the Red Sox. And I was surprised after hearing it all about the Twins' offense and all these great stats and stuff. And they had a 17-inning game with the Red Sox, so a three-game series, one game went to 17 innings. So that's 35 innings. They only scored seven runs. They lost 2 nothing. They won 4-3 to in 17 and lost 9-4. to And the Red Sox pitching actually kind of pitched well against them. So I hope, or if you're a Twins fan, I guess, you'd hope that pitching, that they don't get shut down in the playoffs by – you know, the best stars for the other team? Man, honestly, like, I, I don't think there's enough uh, rotation help um, on, on on a single team that can carry them more in a game or two. Their offense is pretty good. I mean, it's, it's it was kind of fluky. The Red Sox series in particular, the, the one you're mentioning, they had just come off scoring – 11 or I can't remember it was nine runs in 11 of their 14 games or it was 11 runs and something like that. It was, it was a ridiculous stat that I, I pulled up and found out. Um, and they went in that Red Sox series and kind of blew it, but they score a lot of runs and they find unique ways to score runs. They don't steal any bases, which is a huge concern to me. Um, that's something that I always, that's, that's a number I like to look at. Um, but as a whole, those twins are pretty good. So. All right, and moving on to a couple teams in the uh, National League. We'll start with the Dodgers. Uh, a couple episodes ago, I picked them to win the World Series. Not really going out on a huge limb, considering they have the best record in the league. 
they just they have it all for me. The hitting, pitching, defense, at, uh, best run differential in the game. They have a 12-game lead in the a- NL West. What do you see from the Dodgers, and do you think this could be their year as they've fallen short in the past couple of seasons? Yeah. Um, I don't know if they're going to win the whole thing, to tell you the truth. Uh, I'm not sure if it's just because I don't like their style of play or or what, but um, – I, I, the Dodgers have the best team on paper, right? They they they're really good on paper. You watch them play; they look they look solid. Um, they have people that show up in the postseason. I just I, for some reason, and it's just a gut feeling. There's no reason behind this at all. I just don't think that they're going to win the World Series. I think that they're the best team in the National League. Um, they should make the World Series the bare minimum because I think that you know. You look at the other teams in the National League, I just can't imagine anybody else making it. Uh, unless you can argue that the Braves somehow find a way to get there. I, I just don't see it happening. Um, but as a whole, yeah, man, they're, they're they're solid all the way around. They've got outfield. They've got pitching. They've got, you know, Muncie's been great. I mean, you name it. They've, they've all been solid. And everybody knows what Bellinger's been doing, so uh, – yeah, they're, they're a solid team all the way around, and they should make the World Series. I don't think they'll win, just because that's a gut feeling, but I think that they'll make it there. All right, and moving on to a couple of teams that haven't fared as well as the Dodgers in the National League. Uh, the Phillies went out and spent big money in the offseason, bringing Bryce Harper, traded for JT Realmuto, signed Andrew McCutcheon, who has since torn his ACL. But they're five and a half games back of Atlanta this season. They lost 11 of their prior 13 games before this Mets series which we can get into the Mets in a little bit. Is it fair to say that the Phillies are underachieving this season, or is this a longer process for the Phillies? Well, okay, I, I don't think they're underperforming. Let's, we'll start with that. Um, I, I truly, in my deepest of hearts, think that Bryce Harper is worth about $200 million less than what he signed for. Um, he's fine he's he, he can be great right but if you go look at his war numbers and it and his f war and all that stuff he's a he's not worth what they paid him for right he had one season they signed him that he had like a war of 10 right or 13 or whatever it was his ridiculous season i think it was 2015 that he had just an unbelievable season and his war was was skyrocketing and that's what he got paid for um because outside of that, he's had war numbers comparable to, you know, Manny Machado. And Manny Machado is making a lot of money, but not Bryce Harper money. I, I don't think that they're – as the Phillies as a whole are underachieving. This is kind of what I expected. They've got some help they need in the rotation. You know, Jake Arrieta isn't what he used to be. Um, Aaron Nola has is, is, is got some serious problems that they need to figure out. He still has got good movement on his ball. He just can't control anything. That That's a serious, serious concern that they need to address. Um, JT Realmuto has been great, so there's no complaints there. They've just got some holes they need to fill. They've been talking about demoting Franco from third, and I, I don't know. I'm, I don't think that the Phillies can find a way to win the division. Um, on, a, on a bright side, they're still better than the Nationals, so – yeah, I agree with you. I wouldn't really have given Bryce Harper that long contract. 
they are five and a half back, but they do play Atlanta 13 more times this season, so there's plenty of time for them to make up ground. Uh, last team we'll mention is the Mets. I'll just say I've, focused, I've followed the Mets a little bit a lot a little bit this season. I watched some of their games against the Dodgers. And it was late, a series in late May. Most of the games were on ESPN. It was a four-game series. Dodgers took three out of four, and I think this kind of summed up the Mets' season. They competed in every single game but lost. DeGrom and Syndergaard gave them great outings. They left the game ahead, and then the Mets blew it. So what do you think about the Mets this season? Obviously, they have the great rookie Pete Alonso, 27 homers, 61 RBIs. And lately, they've been in the news for – I think it was their manager, Mickey Calloway, getting into it with the reporters after a loss against the Cubs. So they just seem to be a team in disarray and every year. A lot of hype, but nothing really gets done. I got a lot of opinions about the whole Mickey Calloway debacle recently. Um, and a lot of people disagree with me on this, so I'll, I'll kind of be um, short and sweet. But pretty much I, I understand why he's frustrated. Um, I even understand, you know, people have blow ups when you're frustrated and, and things have just consistently been bad. Right. He blew up after his bullpen blew another lead like that's you think that the Red Sox are bad. Go be a Mets fan because um, that bullpen is absolute garbage uh, and it's people that should be good. Right. They, they went and acquired Diaz from from Seattle. They they've done all sorts of things. You know, they wouldn't require to know that they, they acquired all these pieces they thought would make them contenders now. And it hasn't worked. It hasn't worked at all. So the Mets, yeah, you're right. Every year they have a little bit of hype. Every year you kind of go in saying, I don't think that's going to work. Right. And as a whole, the Mets, they've got a lot of things they need to do. They probably need to start stripping that sucker down and selling and honestly selling everything. Um, the only piece that they really should hold on to is obviously Pete Alonzo. Pete Alonzo is, has been a huge bright spot for that organization. Mets fans. He's going to break the rookie home run record. Um, so yeah, Pete Alonzo has been great. I'd sell every single starter I had. I'd start selling any piece I could possibly get rid of that's worth any value. You're not going to be able to get rid of Cano's contract probably anymore. I know that the Mariners are paying for a chunk of that still. Um, Mickey Calloway, it's it's not. I wouldn't even blame him. Like uh, I, I say, it's not his fault. It's partially his fault, but the ownership is is a mess. Uh, you know, I don't like the idea of bringing a, a GM as your or a bringing a uh, whatever Van Wagen is. He's a GM now, but he was a. Uh, negotiating contracts before um, as a representative. And, you know, it's just, it just hadn't worked out. I didn't like that at all. They've got all sorts of problems they need to work out up there and uh, don't expect the Mets to be relevant for, I don't know, at least five more years. All right, Grayson. Uh, it was great talking to you and thanks for coming on the podcast. Appreciate it, buddy. Y'all have a good one. All right. And before you leave, uh, would you like to tell the listeners where they can find you on Twitter and where they can listen to your podcast? Absolutely. Uh, so again, it's Grayson Tobias and I run the Triple Play podcast. You can find me on Twitter at the Triple Play 18. Um, and you can find the podcast on the Twitter account or you can find it on iTunes, Buzzsprout, Spotify. You pretty much name it. It's pretty much on there. Uh, Player FM. You, you can find them anywhere. And uh, I always appreciate the listen and the thumbs up.
All right. See you again. Take care, buddy. And welcome to this week's uh, bias bonus. Last week I didn't update the scores, but Seamus went nine and one last week, and I went three and seven. Domination. And then after reviewing the records and a couple of mathematical adjustments, Seamus is now fifty three and forty seven. I am forty six and fifty four. So yeah, Seamus is the wow. Yankees. I'm the Red Sox. Uh, so let's get right into it this week. Uh, Women's World Cup. Where there's no MLB on this edition of Bias Bonus. Figured the MLB podcast will. Stick to soccer and golf this week. Women's World Cup, who wins? France versus USA. USA, easy. Uh, I'm going to go France. Blow home, out. home field advantage. USA got lucky against Spain. BS Blow calls. Out. VAR is not going to be working in USA's favor this time. Women's World Cup, will Norway versus England or Italy versus Netherlands go to extra time? Uh, No, I don't think so. I'm going I'm to go yes. It's a couple tight games. Get, get extra time in. Uh, Women's World Cup, will Germany score a goal in the first half and... And the second half for Sweden. Um, no, I think Sweden's gonna put up a good fight. You like Sweden? I, I like this Sweden. One? I like Sweden's uh, overall defensive game. You like? <laughs> I think Germany is gonna be a little too explosive for Sweden. Uh, I like Germany scoring both halves there. Uh, Copa America will either James Rodriguez or Alexis Sanchez score in the Chile versus Colombia quarterfinal. Uh, yeah, James hat trick on the way. Hamas hat trick? Yes. There is no way Hamas gets a hat trick. I'm. I'll say. I'll say no. Both teams play shutdown D on the star players. Uh, Copa America. Who wins? Uruguay versus Peru. Uh, I'll take Uruguay. Easy pick. Easy pick. I'm gonna yeah. go Peru. Love Peru. <laughs> Peru's nasty. Peru probably gonna have a home game there. Peru fans are legendary. Uh, Copa America over under one point five combined goals for Paraguay and Venezuela. Paraguay faces Brazil. Venezuela faces Argentina. Um, I'll take. I'll take the over. I like I like Paraguay's hustle. You like Paraguay's hustle? What about Venezuela versus Argentina? You think Venezuela can do some damage there too? Uh yeah, well I mean Messi's a choker. We all know that, so Yeah, Messi Argentina's letting up at least one goal. Alright, I'll go under. I think Paraguay's gonna get shut down. Brazil's gonna find it easy. Alright, Rocket Mortgage Market Mortgage Classic. Uh the first ever Rocket Mortgage Classic in Detroit. Will Ricky Fowler and Dustin Johnson both finish in the top ten? Uh yeah, sure, why not? Superstars, not, not betting against them. There aren't very many superstars in this field. I'm going to go no. Uh, I think Ricky, sponsorship, he's, he's, he's too into the sponsorships. He won't be focused on the golf. You said there aren't many superstars, so no. There, there aren't many superstars oh. in this field. Ricky and Dustin are the top-ranked players, but Ricky, it's his tournament. It's like he's sponsored by Rocket Mortgage, so he's going to be doing all the commercials, oh. all the promos. He's not going to be focused on golf, so I'm going to say no. And I have a chance of, if Dustin Johnson doesn't finish, I get him too. Uh, Rocket Mortgage Classic. Uh, who's gonna finish higher between Victor Hovland and Matthew Wolf, both uh, young bright stars from Oklahoma State? Uh, I'm gonna go Hovland. Yeah, Hovland's pretty nasty. He just won the U.S. Uh, low amateur at the U.S. Open, so yeah, he's a beast. Uh, Rocket Mortgage Classic winning under winning <laughs> score over under fifteen under. So I'm gonna stay. Over fifteen under. I don't know if this makes sense, but I think it's gonna be sixteen under, seventeen under up there. So that's why over. Okay. Over is above fifteen under. That's um, a lower score. Yeah, I'm gonna say under. Like you said, not many superstars in this field. There's gonna be a lot of sloppy golf. A lot of sloppy golf. Every, sloppy golf. We'll take the under. Yeah, that's that's a that's a bad take. Every every single golf tournament doesn't matter who's in it. You need a high uh, a very good score to win. Uh, Rocket Mortgage Classic. Will one of Patrick Reed, Hideki Matsuyama, Brant Snedeker, or Gary Woodland miss the cut? Yeah. Pat Reed's missing the cut. Not a fan. Not a fan of Patrick Reed? No. He yeah. did snap his club on the 18th hole at Pebble Beach after yeah, he, he chunked he, the chip he, shot. He's missing the cut. 
You think he's missing the cut? You're a big fan of Gary Woodland too, aren't you? I, I like Gary Woodland. So Gary Woodland's not missing the cut. Patrick Gary Woodland is not missing the cut. Patrick Reed is. Uh, oh, I'll say they all make the cut. Uh, of the superstarless field, they're four of the best in the field. I think they'll all make the cut. All right, uh, that wraps it up for this episode of Biased Opinion. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at bias underscore underscore opinion. We'll post when we have a new episode. Thanks for listening.